0: Welcome to the Bookshelf at the End of the Universe. I'm your host, Elliot. On the other microphone, your other host, your other 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 host, Cody.
1: Hello. I think.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. Here at Bookshelf Incorporated, we have made sure your 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 job has been pleasant. So please enjoy this episode of a Bookshelf at the End of the Universe.
1: I did not know we were an incorporated entity now, but that's interesting. Uh, so what are we talking about this week?
0: We are talking about The Narrow, which has not been released yet. Correct. We Let, Let's get into that a little Yeah,
1: so we we talked last week about how we were given what's called an ARC, and so what that is is an advanced reader copy. So Penguin Random House, the publisher of this book, reached out to us and offered to send us an early copy of the book so that we could read it and talk about it and review it, and that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. So, The Narrow is by Kate Alice Marshall, uh, who is an acclaimed horror writer. And this one is, uh, you know, as as we kind of branch out from strictly sci-fi and fantasy, you know, we're trying to explore more genres and more um, different styles of books, and this was a good jumping off point for that, I thought. And Fat Angie as well. So, in- I
0: mean, we have- done horror before
1: yeah we have we've done some uh we did Schusterman the Freak. And, and yeah Cirque Freak and uh we did a Goosebumps book I believe yeah but
0: we didn't release that one yeah
1: well this one's also for a little bit of an older audience I say older but like the recommended ages is 12 and up so um this one uh, I'll let you kind of guide the conversation as far as the plot but I do want to just read from the um kind of paper that we got along with the book Uh, It does say, at its core, The Narrow is also a stunning portrait of the power of female friendship and the importance of seeking help when it's needed. As both Eden's supernatural and real-life woes come to a head, she ultimately finds solace in her friends who are supportive and eager to help however they can. In the end, readers will walk away with a greater understanding that no one has to bear their burdens alone. I thought that was a really good summation of probably the most important thematic part of this book. So, we will get to that. And there yes. will be spoilers for this book. Now, this book does not come out until August 1st. Uh, so, by the time this episode comes out, we're recording this. We record these a little bit earlier, but there it should be about a, a little less than a week after this episode airs that the book should be available. So, please go find a copy at your local bookstore.
0: Or, or just.
1: Or pick it up at the library. Yeah. Find a way to read this book. It was really, really good. Yes. So. Let's talk about the the story itself. Let's start. I want to start from the beginning, and and we'll work our way through so that by the time we get to where the spoilers happen, we can very clearly say, "Hey, there's spoilers here," and we won't. I don't want to go too much into the spoilers because this is a brand new book. I want people to be able to come into it fresh, so I don't want to um, take away too much of their experience before they actually have a chance to read it. But I do want to kind of go over the main plot points the characters and all that we're going to use the call pile system yes so um let's go ahead and let's start before we get into the call pile part let's just talk about the plot
0: yes so the plot is about uh eden uh, i think she said she was in high school or middle school
1: um i believe it's middle school
0: okay. um well no gonna, no
1: it is early high school I'm all
0: right so we're gonna go with like ninth grade maybe Anyways, uh, so Eden, uh, and her friends. Let's see, there was, uh, God, I forgot their names. I remember there was Eden and Veronica. Uh uh-huh. Don't remember the other ones. Oh, yeah, Ruth. Ruth. And then was there Zozo or something like that?
1: Um. Well, let's. Eden and her friends.
0: Yes, Eden, we'll just go with Eden and her friends.
1: And they've been friends for a long time. Yes. So this this kind of takes place at a, I say kind of, it does take place at a sort of boarding school. Um, so it's not the same as like a public school, what you go to. This is a, a very expensive school where kids are sent and they, they get an education that is, I mean, it's advertised as being a, a different or special education, wherein it's more exclusive and it's supposed to be better as far as your later life. You can get better jobs and things like that. Ultimately, it comes down to like connections and stuff like that. But the point is she goes to a very expensive private school, basically. Uh, and, Atwood, I believe. Right. It's called Atwood. So uh, the re- and the, there's a very important reason that she goes to this school, which is...
0: That reason is because, first of all, her family... Like, uh, there's a girl named Delphine there.
1: We'll back up before yes. that. Why does she start going uh, to the school? I
0: think it's because, I uh, don't quite remember. That was pretty early in the book. Well, it's, it,
1: it's mentioned several times throughout the book. It's her brother.
0: Oh, yes. That's uh, a very important yes. element uh, of the story. So Luke, her uh, little brother? Older brother. Older brother. Uh, Luke, her older brother, is an addict. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one of his quote unquote friends named Dylan is essentially selling him drugs, mm-hmm. and that gets Luke in a lot of trouble. Right, and ruins Eden's life a little bit. Right,
1: but Luke also had pre-existing issues as well. Yes. It's it's never really clearly stated defined. What what may have caused his behavioral problems, but he it's very clearly explained that he has behavioral problems. He has anger issues. Um, he can be very cruel, kind of like Wang in, in Fat Angie. Yes. Um but Wang his we kind of get some backstory with his uh Angle anger and, and you know we understand that it's due to the trauma of losing his sister. With this, we don't really under, we don't really get too much about Luke. And I kinda like that. I think the ambi- ambiguity of it um kind of Makes it interesting because Luke's not the focal point of the story, anyways. Yes, he's not. So, but his relationship with Eden is very important to the story. Yes. So, um, yeah. So basically, she Eden pretty much sends herself to the school. Yes. Because with the parents' permission, of course. Right, but it's to save her parents the stress of having to worry about her and her brother at the same time. She kind of feels that by going to the school. It allows her parents to focus on Luke and, and help him get yes. the help he needs.
0: Uh also when she enters, she's assigned to I think it was uh I, it was part of Outwood. I think it was called Um I know it was something house. What was it?
1: I don't remember the, the uh, name of the house off the top of my head. But
0: Delphine it, lives there. And Delphine is a girl that survived the narrow essentially arrived. well
1: so let's let's back up and talk about that so this so that you're talking about what happened six years before the main events yes. of the story so she moves into the school she meets delphine she's roomed with delphine there's a tradition involving what's called the narrow so the narrow is is a sort of small I don't want to call it like like a river it's like a stream a pretty quick moving stream and and deep enough that people can Potentially Yo, I'll read you the
0: intro, just um, so you can get a good idea of what it's like. Well,
1: we'll get to that in just a second, because okay. that's a good quote, the intro. But it's I'm just kind of, I want to kind of set the scene for what the narrow is. So it's basically this kind of fast-moving body of water that is still jumpable, and it, there's this kind of tradition of jumping over the narrow as a sort of rite of passage that these kids do. Yes. And so what happens six years ago?
0: Delphine falls in. Right. She doesn't quite make it.
1: Right. So... She that, doesn't die though. That sets up the whole narrative to come. So Delphine is was also not supposed to be there. This was Eden and her her other friend had snuck out at night to go do this and didn't realize that Delphine had followed them. And so there was kind of a story that's that's alluded to throughout the story of of a girl um, or more than one uh drowning in the narrow years and years and years before the story said it was in the 80s in the 80s right so that kind of sets up the narrative to come now you did want to read the intro so go ahead and and let's let's hear that because it was a really good intro
0: should i do the whole intro or just parts of it
1: i mean just give us the first few sentences
0: uh they say the narrow drowns all it takes but they are wrong It is not the water that kills you, though it fills your lungs. It is not the cold that kills you, though it steals the warmth from your very bones. It is not the darkness that kills you, though it swallows you down deep. Your blood chilled, your lungs burning, your eyes blind in the dark. You are alive when vicious currents slam you against the rocks again and again. That's not the whole thing, but you can... It's a good intro, though. Yeah, that is... It really draws
1: you in. So, I read this... After You. Yes. And I, I, I read it in, I'll, I think, about two days. I, I blasted through the most of it a couple days ago and really enjoyed it. Um, it was one that I just could not put down. So when we are, when the main story takes off, it's six years after Delphine had drowned. Yes. And Delphine was, well... We say she drowned. She didn't really drown. They she thought could, she did.
0: Cause, but then she was saved.
1: Well, she showed back up. Yes, but people
0: think that she was saved by right. a janitor. They think
1: they don't really know who saved her, but they they figure someone helped her get out, and that she showed back up. And yeah. but then, it, but as a result of that happening, she now has a condition.
0: Yes, she has a logic to water. Right, which and actually exists. It
1: does exist. Not as not as she has it. What she has is a fictionalized version of that. But they do mention the actual allergy, which really generally only causes like hives and rashes and things like that. There's not a um an actual that I could find at least, there's not an actual case of what she has where it would actually like exposure to any kind of water will kill you. And that is explained later in the story. Um so six years later, we're back at the at the school, same school, uh only now Eden is having some trouble with her ability to stay at the school. Yes. Right. So, what happens as a result?
0: She is sort of threatened to be kicked out.
1: Mm-hmm. Because her parents can't yes. pay. Her parents didn't pay the tuition. Yes. Right. So they kind of threaten to kick her out. But what does she do instead?
0: Uh, instead she stays and she investigates.
1: Well, she well she stays yes, yes but she where does she stay because that's she stays the most important part at of Delphine's right she stays in the same building as Delphine and that sets up our uh, our narrative and moving forward we're gonna we see the the relationship between the two of them um, expand in a couple of different ways which I thought was really cool yes. so. They what? What do they initially start doing? What like? What's the dynamic between them?
0: Uh, at first, it starts off in a weird way. So, uh, uh, Delphine, who Delphine has access to all of the social media at Atwood, and actually digs into Eden's profile she mm-hmm. has there, and finds that she has comics written Graves Bell. Bell's Graves. Bell's Graves Bell, no Graves
1: Bell. You're right. Yeah.
0: Uh, I just wanted to mention Graves Bell sounds like it could really be a real comic.
1: It did. I liked it. It was kind of a story within the story. And so,
0: way. Kate Alice, if you're listening to this, con- maybe consider making uh, Graves Bell as a companion to this.
1: That would be a cool little thing to have.
0: Um, and they sort of start bonding. And mm-hmm. uh, well, what do they bond over? They bond over uh the comic
1: the comic and also trying to f- understand and the drowning the group. drowning and and what happened yes because um, there's so yeah what w- we kind of need to clarify here is that there's a person who keeps showing up occasionally yes when it rains there is a person a woman who appears only in in the house in which Delphine and and Eden stay and what is it that she's She's referred to as the drowning girl. And she seems to be looking for someone, right? So that's our, that's kind of our, um, conflict, so to speak, is, is they're trying to deal with this person because what, also what happens when she, when this drowning girl actually makes physical contact with Eden?
0: Uh, uh, with Eden, Eden... Uh, starts feeling drips on her, and, and then she sort of starts freaking out and gets and then sometimes mm-hmm. may, uh not, sorry sometimes the drowning girl uh attacks her
1: right, but it also opens uh old injuries that she had yes as a result of her brother's behavior, so now there's this connection between this drowned girl and Eden, and Eden's past. Yes. And so it's, it's set up this really interesting conflict of who is this person, what does she want, and how is she able to, to kind of reintroduce these old injuries?
0: We, saw, we sort of do find out. Right,
1: but here. I don't want to spoil that part. So as, as the story progresses and we learn more about Eden and Delphine, their relationship kind of grows, right? Yes. Right. But what happens with Eden and her, her friends from the house that she used to live in?
0: Uh, They, they sort of start to not hang out that much
1: mm-hmm.
0: because Eden's spending more time with Delphine and investigating right. the drowning girl. Right. Although I just wanted to, uh, not related really to what we're talking about, but I just want to mention something. If you want to read this book with optimal horror, I recommend you listen to uh, the Halloween soundtrack. Just throwing that out there.
1: I mean, you can really listen to anything you want, but I'd try, I'd, I'm try. i with you in that I try to find music that suits the mood of the book I'm reading. Yes. So, that being said, let's get back to yes. the story itself. So, yeah, uh, Eden's friends start to kind of distrust her and wonder why she's spending all this time with Delphine, and they feel like they're kind of rejected, and to to kind of add to all of this eden has historically not been entirely truthful with the people that she's around she tends to hide a lot of her past right yes and with delphine is is it the same or is it different different right
0: she reveals. she reveals her past
1: right she's more comfortable with delphine she's able to, she she kind of sees it as an opportunity to really uh let go of the things that she's been holding in and the things that have been hurting her, which is really good for her. It's a sort of, it's a, it's a therapy for her in a sense. Um, but yeah, she starts to, it starts to affect her friendship with her other friends. And so there's, there's that conflict that's added into the story now as well. So on top of all of that, the relationship between Delphine and Eden starts to kind of bloom into more than just a friendship. Yes. So, that, I think, is is the other really important narrative element of the story, is is the relationship between Eden and Delphine. Yes. And as someone who, in all honesty, like most of what you've read in the past, there hasn't really been a lot of romantic relationships. Fat Angie was really, I think, the first book, it's definitely the first book that we've talked about on the show. It may have also been the first book that you read that really dealt with a romantic subplot. Yes. So... I, and I want to put it out there for parents and for the kids listening that th- this is a very well handled relationship. It's not explicit, it's not abusive. Um, overly done it's It's a very good portrayal of of a young relationship yeah. and yeah, because these girls are high school age um but that being said, for the parents. There are some pretty heavy thematic elements throughout this book. There is drug use. There's violence. Lots lots of drug use. Emotional abuse. There's physical abuse. Um, There is a bit of language in it. Although
0: I don't think it was mentioned much. Maybe maybe just like there was
1: quite a few swear words in it. So if that's an issue for the parents, be mindful of that. There's more than a PG-13 book. More than a PG-13 movie amount of them. But it's how high school kids talk. So I think it serves the plot pretty well. It's not done in an egregious manner that is just there to impress a 12-year-old reading it who wants to read bad words. So that being said, um, I do want to briefly go over what happens in the end, only in a very surface level, because obviously this is a new book that has not come out, and I want people to have the ability to read it. And then come back to this and kind of revisit their thoughts and feelings on it after having read the book. So if you have not completed the book at this time and you do not want anything spoiled, please skip ahead. I will come in a post-edit and, and tell you exactly when to skip ahead to to avoid these spoilers. So be warned now we are going to discuss the twists that occur in this book. And there's multiple twists. There are multiple twists. So, hi everybody. This is Cody. If you have not read this book yet and you do not want to have anything spoiled, please go ahead and skip forward about 10 minutes to avoid any talk of spoilers regarding this book. Thanks. Twist number one is? Uh,
0: Delfina's Grace.
1: Delphine is Grace. Now, who's Grace?
0: Grace is the person the drowning girl, mm-hmm. Maeve, is searching for. And they right. had a... Love relation. I'm going to say quote-unquote love.
1: It they, they had a romantic relationship. Not the best one, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. But, yes, so in the investigation that Delphine and Eden are doing into this drowning girl, they find that there was a, another girl who drowned.
0: But she wasn't as talked about.
1: But she wasn't talked about. The whole thing was kind of not covered up, but it just was forgotten about.
0: It got Wednesday covered up.
1: So... There was a girl at the school named Grace who had drowned and um, she... Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was Maeve who drowned yes. initially and she was looking for Grace, her, her girlfriend at the time that she drowned. Yes. So once the girls discover this, they try to find out where is Grace and how can we get them connected because the thought is what?
0: That if... Is uh, that considering Grace is in uh Delphine's body maybe del maybe Delphine can like grace out whenever it's raining right. to and Maeve comes in.
1: Right. So when when Delphine fell into the narrow she wasn't saved by any person. She was basically Grace who was Maeve's um girlfriend, girlfriend at the time that she drowned. Also fell in and also drowned. And when Delphine fell in, Grace basically used Delphine's body to escape from the narrow and get out. And that caused Maeve to go looking for her. Yes. So it's kind of a revenge story, a revenge ghost story in a sense. And that Maeve is looking to reconnect with this former girlfriend. And we find out that Delphine is not really Delphine because Grace is occupying her there's sort of a melding of the personalities. And Delphine of, can't really remember what parts of her memories are hers and what parts are not.
0: I was getting major Final Fantasy Seven vibes.
1: It kind of has that, yeah.
0: When of cloud had that emotional breakdown in Nibelheim.
1: It's it's a little similar to that. It's a it's a sort of schism of of personality. So, um, so then what happens after that? After they've kind of made that connection.
0: Uh, so later on they uh, they believed that Oster the principal of Atwood mm-hmm. was the reason why Maeve drowned
1: right because the, the th- what they found out from Grace's sister uh, Grace's sister was under the impression that Oster Oster I don't know really how I- I it technically just Oster um anyways Grace's sister was under the impression that he basically severed their relationship and sabotaged their relationship because they were gay and, well, lesbian, really. Right, but in talking to Oster and in, in kind of confronting him at the narrow, when, uh, when Eden goes there to essentially throw herself into the narrow and, and allow Maeve to come out, uh, Oster makes a pretty important revelation.
0: He says that he is gay.
1: Right. And so now Eden has this, inf- this information which totally throws everything upside down for her. Because yes. this whole plan has hinged on the idea that Oster was responsible for their breakup when really he had gone down there to try and save um, Grace because
0: uh, Maeve was being abusive
1: right so Maeve and Grace did have a romantic relationship they did love each other but they couldn't N- handle Maeve it. was an, an abusive partner and as a result, Grace finally got to a breaking point and said, I can't do this anymore, and and was ending it with, with Maeve. And as a, as they fought. Excuse me, they fought. And what happened?
0: Uh, they, well, Grace killed her.
1: Right, but they both went in. Yes. So that's how we have two people that are in the narrow, but so that when Delphine falls in, Grace comes out with her. The only way Maeve can get out is through Eden. Eden ends up getting pulled into the narrow, um, and Maeve takes over. Yes. And this is a really cool part in the book. So
0: They split it between two people.
1: Right. So when after Eden falls in, we get a shift in the, in the perspective that the story's been told. In.
0: Maybe like a 50-page Right, but it's still,
1: it's still really cool. Yes. I thought that was a really interesting way of doing it. Um, so we get this whole new kind of subsection of Maeve's perspective. And that allows us to kind of see things from her end as, as she sees them. But it's important because this is a good example of, of portraying an abusive relationship and how the person doing, or the, the abuser is kind of deluded into thinking that they're not doing anything wrong. 'Cause as we go through this section with Maeve, does it seem like Maeve believes that she was being abusive? No.
0: No. She she was she thinks she was being protective mm-hmm. of protecting Grace from Australia.
1: Right. Which is also similar to what Luke was doing yes. with Eden. So there's our connection between those two. So uh, you know, as as this is happening, and Maeve is is inhabiting Eden's body. Eden's kind of been reliving all these memories with Luke, and realizing. So we're getting this this kind of emotional and and physical abusive relationship on two different sides, and that's where it's a pretty heavy story because it's it's awful that these things happen, and that these that people have to go through these kind of relationships. But it's it it really does a good job of of exploring how the abuser, in this case, Maeve um really truly believes that they're not doing anything wrong and and she does love grace like that's it's pretty evident yes. but she is not exemplifying that at all and you know like you said she believes that she's being protective and that she's only helping grace and that what she's doing is for grace's benefit it's clearly not no so what happens after um, Maeve is out and in Eden's body, and Delphine has Grace in her in her body. Where does this all lead to? Uh,
0: they try, once again, they try reuniting. No, sorry, my bad. Grace confronts Maeve and tells her uh, that the only reason why she was in Delphine was to escape from Grace. Mm-hmm. So that way she didn't have to deal with Grace uh, being abusive to her
1: right so i I really liked how it how it ended with yes. with Grace being able to get away and and Eden realizing that she had a more complicated relationship than she thought because Grace and Delphine are really separate people, but when they're together, they're in a completely other person. so you have three people now. That Eden really kind of has feelings for, but can't fully process. And, it's, and it gets complicated even further once Grace is out of Delphine, because now Delphine doesn't really reciprocate that, that feeling anymore, right? So it's hard for Eden, because she's still in love with Delphine, but Delphine doesn't have that anymore, because that Grace part of her is gone left, Yes. And so that's a really, really tough situation to be in for both of them. But it's handled really well, I think. And it's because what happens after this? Does does Eden get hostile and, and upset about it? No. No.
0: She just lives with it.
1: She accepts it. Right. And that's a good example of how that kind of thing should happen. And that that's what should have happened with Maeve and Grace. Maeve should have once you know, confronted with the reality of how she was treating Grace should have said, I need to step away from this. I, you know, this is bad, but that's not how life happens. But the way Eden handled that situation is is a good example of how it should be handled. So I'm glad that was included because that's very important for people to understand that you can have feelings for another person. And if that person does not have those feelings for you, that
0: doesn't mean you get to, you don't get
1: yeah, exactly. You don't get to tell them how to feel. You you accept it and just go on with it. Move on with with both lives and and hope things can get better for the both of you. So, with the plot being out of the way,
0: now let's get into the review.
1: Let's talk about yeah. Let's do our our call pile. Yeah. Review. So, uh, characters first, right?
0: Uh, let me check.
1: I mean, call pile starts to the seats so of characters. Yes. And uh, this one, I would say, this doesn't have the same kind of broad cast that Fat Angie had. That's fleshed out at least. Like Eden's friends are there and there's a lot of them, but I, they're not really super fleshed out characters. And that's okay. Yes. We don't really need that. We get that they're all, they're, they're all talented in different areas and, and there's a sort of jealousy that Eden has towards that. Um, and that's where the Graves Bell comes in because they didn't realize that she had that talent in her. And she was always afraid to show it. But I think the main characters in this that we want to talk about are, are obviously Eden, Delphine, Grace. Maeve. And Maeve. Right. So, how did you feel about these characters?
0: Um, I gave them a nine.
1: Okay. Well, explain. Uh,
0: I, I felt the same way as I did with Fat Angie. They were very lovable. But I couldn't really relate to them all that well.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, these are... All girls at an all girls school, and well, it's not an all girls. I know school. it's not an all girls school now, but they're they're girls at a private school. They deal with different things than you deal with. I mean, I can see how you don't. You may not be able to relate to them directly, but you can at least sympathize with them and empathize yes. with them and then connect with them on that level as characters. I so. just
0: learned how this final rating thing is supposed to go. We're supposed to add up all these numbers I wrote, right, and, and divide them out. by seven.
1: Average. Yeah. So we'll do that when we get to uh, the end. So you gave the characters a nine. Yes. Which is pretty good. I, I thought these characters were really well developed, especially our main characters. Um, so yeah, I, I, would, I would agree. That's a, that's a good rating.
0: Uh, for the atmosphere slash setting, mm-hmm. I give that a 10.
1: Okay. Explain. Uh,
0: because I've, I think the setting of having a ghost in a school, like having those little stories that some kids like, oh, this is there's a ghost in the bathroom stall. You just had. There's a ghost in the boys' bathroom. third stall. Like, I felt that was like such a nice little detail in there because it felt like if it was in like a park or anyone anywhere else, it wouldn't feel as strong.
1: Well, it's, it's a. I agree with you in that the setting is is very good and it lends itself to this kind of story because, essentially, what you have here is a um what, in in i mean i I'm trying to think of how to really uh explain it, but basically they're they're confined to a specific area, so they don't have this big wide area that they can run around and and get away from this and they're all kind of stuck in the school, and I think that a a thriller tends to work best in a in a smaller environment where you can really increase attention because there is less area for you to go to hide yes I also really like the fact that with a ghost story like this the ghost has a purpose a reason to be what they are yes they're not just there to cause general chaos this ghost the drowned girl Maeve has a specific goal in mind yes and so that's I think a really interesting and good way to handle that so and then
0: the atmosphere I mean it's, it's
1: a good atmosphere. It yes. creates a good tension and, and a good suspense. And so, yeah, Although, excellent.
0: one thing I never understand about horror, there's a woods and there's someone, and someone's chasing you and it's dark. Why do you run into the woods?
1: Because you think that you, that your natural instinct is to hide.
0: Go run to the police. Call the police.
1: But that's, when you're in a panic situation like that, you're not thinking clearly. It's easy to think about that when you're in a stress-free environment sitting in your house on a Sunday morning with nothing threatening you, when you have something chasing you, you're not able to think as clearly. It, it's it's so, run
0: it and gun it.
1: It's just go where you where you can go.
0: Um, the writing style. Yes. Um, I give that one a nine. I really, okay. I really, really enjoyed the writing style and having the build up of finding more and more about Grace and Maeve.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. We're given little bits. We're kind of. Uh, drip-fed little bits of information as we go, which is important for a horror story, I think. You kind of get a little bit more information at a time to increase your understanding of what's happening. I also felt that it was a really well-written and that it it flowed well. The narrative flowed very well. It kept me engaged. I wanted to keep reading.
0: Like, once you got to the first plot twist, you can't put it down.
1: I mean, I would even say before then, like I was, um, I read probably the first third of it the first day I had it. And then I read a little bit the the next day, put it down for a while to pick up another book that I was reading for my own. And I got to a point in that book where I was just like, I want to go back and, and keep reading the narrow. And I did. And I just finished it.
0: Although one thing I really enjoyed in, uh, this book, uh, the, how they use newspapers to gather information.
1: Right. That was uh yeah, that's not something you see too often anymore. But that's but a nice little touch. Because, you know, what happened happened before the internet, so they really had to rely on that. So it's good cuz yeah, it shows you kind of the the difficulty of searching for things that way.
0: Uh and then the uh let's see, the plot. I enjoyed the plot. I first I gave it an 8, but now I think I give it a 10.
1: Okay. What was what what did you like about it that you want to talk about more?
0: Um I think I just, cause I I told I think I told you right after I finished. it, I said this book, this book here, you need to read it. It was the best book I've read this so far this year. Mhm.
1: It was and it was yeah it was great. I thought the it was a very uh, tightly wound story that uh, I really don't think needed anything added or taken away. I think it was pretty pretty well. The only thing added done. now is it would be nice to have a little separate. Uh. Graves Bell. Graves Bell comic, yeah.
0: And then if that ever comes out, what do you know? We can talk about it. There you go. Uh, I, th- I think the only reason why I gave it an eight was because of the ghosts. And I'm not really too much of a ghost fan. I'm more of a name. I'm not either,
1: but person. I thought this was really good. Yes, I thought I saw, it, it well.
0: um, Now, on my Twitter and Instagram, uh, I mentioned... That a short way to summarize this book was a queer La Llorona.
1: Yes. And I agree. So for those who don't understand, who don't know that term, what is? Can you explain that? Uh
0: La Llorona is a Mexican folktale.
1: Right. It's a it, it's a revenge ghost story. Yes. Kind of like I mentioned earlier. So yeah, it's A
0: simplified version of it is a girl finds someone she loves, marries.
1: They don't get married. In this story.
0: No, because they, ki- they have kids.
1: Grace and Maeve?
0: No, in La oh oh, 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 I see. I'm I see. simplifying it, Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, get married, uh, and then husband cheats on La Llorona. Uh, La gets so angry that she throws her kids into a river, drowning them. Realizing what she does, she drowns herself.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's not wholly that, but it's pretty close. It's close yes. enough that I would I would agree with your assessment there. Um and I don't know if, if that was an inspiration to the author. It'd be interesting to learn that. Yeah. No. Um so but let's let's move on. Uh, uh intrigue, I believe is that. That
0: was a ten. Okay. Once I once I got to the first plot twist, you you i I'm sure you saw me. I could I finished that book.
1: You finished that book while your sister and I were playing Zelda, which I thought was impressive, because usually when Zelda's on, that's where your attention is, but you went into a different room to finish reading the book, so that's a good indication of how good that book was.
0: Yeah. How about you? How What was your intrigue?
1: I thought it was... I told you. I mean, I read most of it in a day, because I just could not get it out of my mind.
0: Okay, so... Let's. I haven't finished, but let's add up the numbers. Well, no, not, we'll do no that let's, let's yeah. finish first. Yeah. Uh, The logic slash relationship. Mm-hmm. Relationships, I would give a 10 out of 10. The relationships felt really real. The logic I had a little problem with, because, I mean, you have a possession, dreams about... Well, this is...
1: Uh, right, but this is a fiction story, so you have to suspend disbelief, and we can't judge it on yeah. whether it can actually happen or not. I think what the the logic part is saying, are there any any plot holes oh, no, does it yeah. not make sense it's, in no, how no it, ma- it makes sense right I agree with you and I think that the relationship part of it is important again as we mentioned because of how it portrays an abusive relationship and shows how dangerous and difficult to get out of those can be
0: enjoyment 10 okay. without without a question
1: I, I very much enjoyed it as well
0: alright let's add this up 9 plus 10 19 okay 19 plus 9 28. 28 plus 10?
1: 38.
0: Uh, 38 plus 8? 46. 46 plus 10? 56. 56 plus 8? 64. 64 plus 10?
1: 74.
0: Divided by 7.
1: Not possible. You must have done a number twice. You put that 8 in there. That's you had an 8 and a 10 you switched remember you one of those you said was uh, Oh yes. So it really should be uh 66 divided by 7. So 9.4. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Um so you said this is the best book you've read this year? Yes. And that's So far. So far, right. It's only July. So um still plenty of time to read great books. There's always more great books out there, but yeah, this was definitely Definitely a good one.
0: And for our next book, we got another arc.
1: We did. So our next book is called
0: West of the Sea. West you aren't sea. gonna be on there.
1: No, that's gonna be your mom. And that yes, was a yeah. that's another arc that we we got from Penguin Random House again. And thank um, you, Penguin. So yeah, we really appreciate that the opportunity there. I think that one comes out, I wanna say a little bit later. I thought it was earlier than um than I initially said, but I think it comes out on the eight of August, I may be wrong. We'll talk about it in that episode though. Yeah. So that's our that's our next episode. But for now, please 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 go get The Narrow by Kate Alice Marshall. If however, it's a, if it's around right However now. you get it. If you can't find it in your local bookstore, There's order it online. There's always a library. Um, we do encourage, you know, encourage you to support your library, support your local independent bookstores. Um, but whatever you need to do to get this book in your hands. Also, do it.
0: Uh, make sure you check out our Twitter and Instagram. We
1: do. Yeah, we're on social media now. So check us out on Twitter and Instagram. The links will be in the show notes.
0: And also, if you could use our email, please. Also yeah. in the show notes. We haven't really gotten much. So. And That's
1: fine. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. Um, I mean, we got two emails from publishers that gave us early copies of books. Yeah. So that's something. So until next week, we will see you all later.
0: Adios.